Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in to Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Uh, Hall of Famer, actually. St. Gabriel's. Yeah, right? Class Should of be. Class of, like, what, 2014? 2019. Right, right, right. Well, the, the Hall of Fame class. Hall of Fame class, uh, yeah, 2014. Got it, yeah. Is there a St. Gabriel's Hall of Fame? Should be, and you should you should be the first. Yeah, person be the in. Babe Ruth, I would think. Yeah, I would have to think. Uh, so, uh, Jackson, we want the people to text in on the show. Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. Really want mic drops. One hundred and one ESPN app. I was told that we have one. I can go take a look. Okay. Uh, well, you don't have to do it now, but I. But uh, and then uh, what do we have coming up on the program? Tell the people, Jackson. Well, of course, and it works perfectly because full alliteration. Wide Berth Wednesday. Oh, Deep wow, dives are expected. Wow, Deep dives. Wow. I mean, after you know, we got a Busman special today. Day game today, twelve fifteen. But two straight losses to Diamondbacks. There could be some deep dives, and then we have the Little Piddles half and half. Oh, the Little Piddles half and half because we didn't finish the a half and half the sports business ju- uh, newsletter yesterday. Right. So I got half of those and another half of some. Oh my goodness! Some you- more. Poignant questions. You're loaded for bear here today. Yeah, well, let, me st- let me, let me, let me. I'm looking forward to the half and half. I always welcome wide berth uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays. I think we had one Monday. We did. Well, John Denton's going to be with us on Thursdays. Is that the deal, Taylor Twelman on Tuesdays? That was a great segment. I really enjoyed talking with Taylor. Absolutely, I'm looking that forward to that awesome. every Tuesday. And uh, John's great, and he'll be on with us. He, he was yelled at by Ali Mormol last night to start the press conference. Uh, full transparency, because this has been called honesty in media since its debut on January 3rd, 2022. But uh, I go to bed awfully early. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that is, right? Because I get up around 4.30. But I watch games in the morning, and I go out of my way not to look at my phone um, so I don't know the outcome. Sure Ide- ideally, so I can watch it and kind of live... But last night when I went to bed, the Cardinals were already getting it handed to them, so I kind of was under the assumption when I woke up that they lost, and indeed they did. They came back. Now, what confuses me a bit, and I'm not, the media in this town is soft. <laughs> it's very, it's a wonderful bit. It's a wonderful bit. You'll get a lot of attention, and people will say, oh, he's a tell-it-like-it-is guy. I think it's hack, but whatever. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I was surprised when I went to, and I don't know if it's still the headline, and this isn't me calling anything out, but... Uh, when I was reading this morning, the post is batch, uh, the banner ad got me, and now I'm all of a sudden on Mercy's website. It got me. They do the thing where it scrolls down right before you're about to click on the... Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not by accident. It's not by accident, Jackson. You're right. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, well, now Benjamin Hockman, loyal listener of the program, uh, he's up here. But the, the, the main headline a couple hours ago is performances of Wilson Contreras and Jordan Hicks encouraging signs in a Cardinals loss. Now... I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen good because I know you're about to. I know you're about to travel to spend four days in a three-man cabin with twelve guys. But before you do that, and make all your dreams come true and become the Ricardo Montalban of Central Tennessee. <laughs> wow, that's a great tagline. <laughs> I'm surprised you even caught the reference. I mean, it's like it predates me. That's I Love Lucy, right? 
Well, perfect. Who am I thinking of? What are you thinking of? Ethel Merman? Ricky Ricardo? Who am I thinking of? Ricardo Montalban. The delightful Hervé Villachez. The plane, the plane, he said. The plane, the plane. Fantasy Island. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I thought... Why I really would you think that's her? I thought it was... I, there was someone named Ricky in... Uh, Ricky Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo, okay. Well, can I be the Ricky Ricardo of Central Tennessee? No, because you're having a fantasy in Central Tennessee with these 12 guys in the three-man cabin. That's a little bit of a... I just, I, you didn't deny it. You, you went straight to I, I Love Lucy. You were so flustered. <laughs> that's what I do. I go back to 60s television shows when I get scared. I think it was before the 60s, 50s? even. Yeah. I think so. But I will, so we'll talk about that later. Here's the headline. Performances of Wilson Contreras and Jordan Hicks encouraging signs in a cardinal loss. And you know what I say? Here's what I say. Where have you gone, Joe Strauss? Our city turns its lonely eyes to you. Joe Strauss would say about that headline, what, Jackson? It's a balloon party. There you go. And now we have come full circle. And my routine is complete. I sign off BK and Ferrari. You can have the hour. I'll go back to HD2. That's it. That's what I've been trying to present. That's why the name of the show is a balloon party. You can't tell me if you've lost three or four to a combination of the Pirates and Diamondbacks, and you had to, like, scrap like hell to handle the 5-13 and Rockies and the uh, Pirates, who, all due respect to the operation, probably aren't going to be the We Are Family version of the Pirates, that the headline is, Matt, good to see Contreras and Hicks coming along. That isn't it. And I'm not saying, well, the post is bad. I don't care. The post is bad. has got to do whatever the post is bad. has got to do. And, yeah, but the post game last night was a lot of this. John Denton, friend of the show, a regular. I just forgot which day I booked him. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a 20% chance of hitting. I know it's not Tuesday. So then it's 25%. I'm pretty sure it's not Monday. So now it's 33%. He might be calling in in a moment thinking he's on. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. John Denton asked an incredibly reasonable question to open up the press conference last night. And he said something along the lines of, ah, kind of bad luck uh, in that fourth inning. And Ali Marmol looked at him, kind of in the same way Tony LaRusso used to look at me or take your pick of whomever doing television, radio, or print after a loss, and goes, yeah, I mean, it was. I don't really know what your question is. And I'm like, oh, boy, this guy, he's... He is going to be battling this year if this is right. if this is heading it's down April. 2022 2023 Blues Lane. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna do well with this because John Denton's question was a reasonable question. Right. A man hit a ball for two RBIs that bounced before he hit it with his bat. That's kind of bad luck. Yeah. That in common, they immediately pulled the video of Vladimir Guerrero doing it. He and I'm not talking about his son who was here a few weeks ago. I'm talking about the gentleman in right field with the Expos. That's when he did it. That's a long time ago. That's how rare it was. Kind of bad luck. And automatically John Denton gets his ass lit up. And so what that does, because I used to be down there getting my ass lit up, is everybody who's covering going, oh boy, we got to just ask like anything. Like, nice to see a Hicks in a five-run game get out of it. You know, <laughs> you're just grasping for crap because you know whatever you ask, the manager's going to light you up. And it's a bit dehumanizing, especially if you're older than him, to have a guy who's younger than you, like, treating you like you're sitting in the corner, you know, in the room while your wife's with somebody else. It's not a comfortable situation. No. So the headline becomes performances of Wilson Contreras and Jordan Hicks encouraging signs in a Cardinals loss. And that's what we got going on. 
Well, respectfully to the work of Wilson Contreras and Jordan Hicks, the headline to me is the following. I'm a bit concerned here at this point because they've played the Rockies, the Pirates, and the Diamondbacks. And Jackson, if you're interested in making a wager, if you're interested in making a wager, I will wager with you that none of those three teams will be participating in what has become the NCAA tournament that is the Major League Baseball playoffs. You get three teams. Can I get odds? I feel like I need odds on You get three teams, yo. Yeah, but uh, Pirates, no. Diamondbacks have the best chance, but they're playing in the NOS, so I don't like that play at all. No, I'm not going to take the deal. Okay, well, fair enough. Then you're agreeing with me that they're not playoff teams. I do, And yet the Cardinals have been fortunate to win the games that they've won. They had to come back in Denver. They were fighting for their lives against the 2023 Pirates. Yeah. Who outside of Brian Reynolds, guys will come up and I go, oh, he's still in the game. <laughs> oh, who's he? Kutch. You know, yeah. Kutch, Santana. Yeah. Yeah, boy. You know. Yeah. Oh, there's Oviedo. I didn't know that he was going to break Nolan Ryan's record for strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that isn't good. And I realize the Diamondbacks are currently in first place in the National League West. I gave Jackson three teams. He wanted no part of it. My point is this. They're struggling to just scrap out games with the bad teams, and they're about to head to the West Coast to take on. Now, the Mariners are 8-10. and 10. I think most people would say the Mariners are more likely to finish above 500 than yeah. the Diamondbacks, Pirates, and Rockies, Agreed. Yep. and then the Giants and Dodgers. And then even though they're in Los Angeles playing the Dodgers, Major League Baseball does them a solid, and then they come home to play the team that's 45 minutes to the south, the Anaheim Angels, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Angels. So whatever. Either way, the boys are going to be put to the test. Yeah. And it's coming up. And this was the time to get healthy. You start the year off against the Blue Jays, the Braves, who have rattled off eight in a row and are on a heater. The Blue Jays are right there near the top of the AL East. Obviously, nobody's caught the Rays with their start to the season, but the Blue Jays are 11-7. and seven. And the Brewers, who now have a six-game lead on the Cardinals. Six games, man. You're 18 games into the season. You're six games back. That's real. Doesn't mean they can't catch them, but six games is yeah, you're going. not nothing. That isn't commonplace around these particular parts for the division favorite. And I can't go... I get it, but did you see Hicks in the ninth when they were down five? His ERA is down to 10. Contreras had two home runs. He did. Carlson got a hit from the left side. It was nice to see. So I got to tell you, I'm starting to wonder. I recall sitting in this studio back in November-ish, maybe even October, and we'd have Jeremy Rutherford on Mondays and Chris Kerber on Tuesdays and Darren Pang on Wednesdays. And you got the sense, or they were just direct going, this team might not be very good. Right. Which wasn't, now I know we talk about the Blues 2022-2023 in April now, and you go, yeah, they weren't very good. But to know they weren't very good at that time, that early in the season, that was some real foresight. That wasn't where people's minds were yet. And keep in mind, they had a huge winning streak. And then the losing streak, well, the losing streak, then the winning streak, then another losing streak. But people could kind of see the holes. And Jordan Montgomery had been the one guy, and okay, he's been, well, then he has the inning he has, and all hell breaks loose. Now, was it bad pitching or was it bad luck? We don't know, because when John Denton asked, he was scolded. But the situation with the team is... Even if the pitching is on on that particular evening, which I don't necessarily know you're going to get better than 50% of the time. I'd say less than that, yeah. 
then you got to have somebody perform offensively. And recently, it's gotten here and there a little rough. Now, what has been encouraging? Wilson Contreras. That is encouraging. That's a real thing. That's not just limited to last night. That's been going on here since the weekend. That's encouraging. That is big. But it's got to be more than one or two guys because they got to make up for the rotation. And then when the rotation doesn't go deep into a game, it compounds the bullpen. And then it can have a carryover effect that goes well beyond even that game, but certainly the next day and possibly the day beyond that. I think part of the reason why the Cardinals struggled with the Pirates is that they were at Coors Field the weekend before, and even though they won two, or the series before, and even though they won two or three, they had to grind through it. And that wasn't even that bad relative to most trips to Coors Field. So here is my headline. I am at a point, even though it's 18 games in, that I'm starting to wonder, whereas I wasn't there with the Blues early in the season. If anything, I was kind of confused. I'm like, man, these guys are seeing some things that I guess I'm not seeing. But, hey, you know, I'm going to yield to Chris Gerber and Darren Pang and Jeremy Rutherford's eyes more than mine. That's for sure. I trust my baseball eyes more than my hockey eyes. And I'm starting to go, God, I, I know that these hitters are going to be better than what they're currently doing, but... 10 of 11 guys who are regular starters because there's the rotation that they have going on with the outfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's realistic. Inevitably, the numbers are going to improve when it comes to runners and scorers. They just have to. Right. They, can't, they can't continue there. And the numbers with bases loaded, they have to. Mathematically, they have to. But is this rotation a rotation that is going to compete with the top half of the National League, I don't know. And that means that the offense, therefore, is going to have to outscore teams. But if the offense is kind of struggling, too, along with the rotation, then you got a whole other set of circumstances. And keep in mind, this has been against the Rockies, the Pirates, and the Diamondbacks. Now, there was a West Coast road trip the Blues were taking, and I recall a couple of people said, this is the kind of thing that can really bring a team together. So maybe... This West Coast trip the Cardinals are about to take could be something that could get them going. Yeah, it could be a spark. But the Cardinals have won four games out of a possible nine against the Rockies, Pirates, and Diamondbacks. And if we're being honest about it here, I think we would agree that they are fortunate that they won four. It could have been... Not just less, could have been a lot less. Yeah. Now, there certainly were a couple, in the Pir- against the Pirates in particular, that were, were there for the taking. And yes, they got to a spot last night, albeit with a ninth inning rally, but they got to a spot last night where that game came back into play after looking like it was out of reach after Montgomery's bad inning. But with that said, the weird thing about the 7-11 and record is not the fact that they're 7-11. and it's the fact that I look at it and I go, I think it could be worse. And that is the part that's eye-opening. It's not just like clicking and getting better. They didn't play here over the last week and a half, the Blue Jays, Braves, and Brewers. They played three teams that most likely are not going to be in the playoffs. And they're fighting for their lives against those teams. I don't understand it. And and again, I wasn't raving in here going, this is a 95-win team. The reality is they're 18 games into the season, so things can certainly turn. But it's it's not a case of one thing has to get going. A few things have to, and that's the part that 
that from the Cardinal fan and talk show host perspective, that's the part that concerns me. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. We'll continue the discussion coming up. Plus, what is this called? The Little Piddles Half and Half? Yeah, the Half and Half. The Half and Half. It's coming your way before Jackson goes vacationing in a cabin in Sparta, Tennessee. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota 101 East Band. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We just had a moment there where I was responding to DMs. And then I heard the music. I go, oh, who's hosting right now? Because I'm listening to 101 ESPN. And I'm like, oh, it's me. I've got to get up and go host the show. <laughs> it was almost a piddle show. Would, have been, would that have been Suns talk? Oh, I would have gotten right into Draymond's suspension. I would have talked and broke it down All second right, by second. It's time for the Little Piddles Half and Half. Jackson's final show this week before the vacation. Yeah. Getting some texts on it? Uh, yeah, we got some some texts. They're uh, you know really supportive. They're just wishing me a good time. Oh, that's good. Nothing, you know. You don't take a lot of vacation. No. No, not very rarely. I think it's more of an indictment of my social life than anything. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to taking some time off, kind of resetting the batteries. And right. uh, I've successfully bought myself enough time to pull up the Little Piddles half and half. Nice. Real nice. Subtle veteran move. Thank you. What do you think should be Cardinals fans' level of concern at this point in the season? It seems like every game they get one element that has been bad to improve, yet the, then another element of their game goes by the wayside. Should Cardinal fans wait to hit the panic button right now, or should they really be concerned? Well, I'll be honest with you, I think it's a vapid question, number one. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I just don't think. What, what is the panic button? What is the Writing a sound-off letter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like selling that to me is where that, that that's that's a that's a macro issue there. If if you've, if you're going to pen one of those, uh, that speaks more to the the, the rider than the ball club. But um, I'm I I this is the first show I've come in here since the season started, right? And I think it's because it reminds me of the blue season, where people whose opinions I respected, I knew knew. And by that, I mean I, they spotted things and they had the credibility to spot things. They weren't just like on Twitter, you know. For sure. With like a flag <laughs> yelling at people and calling for people to be fired. And then I'm like, oh, this is, you know, these are people who kind of have an idea and, or, and are inside the room. And, and I'm going, okay, is it possible that this is something that, I don't think most people even thought was possible. The complaints regarding the Cardinals have been, you get to the postseason and we did the math on TMA, which speaks volumes that I cite this like it was a big accomplishment, (laughs) but I counted 10 things, uh, and those things being the last 10 playoff games, and the Cardinals are 1-9 in in their last 10 playoff games. Right. that, That is a real problem. And it's a real problem, and this is more macro than your your question of panic button and micro, but it's a real problem because I think college football and baseball are starting to have a parallel in that you go into the season and you already have an idea that Alabama and Georgia and then take your pick of one of Clemson or LSU, um, who am I missing? Oklahoma can be in the mix at times. I feel Ohio like I'm State. missing Ohio State. There you go, Ohio State. 
you already kind of know. And in baseball, it's not necessarily perennial like that, but you know which teams are in the mix. And right now, the Cardinals are kind of the next tier. They get in, but then they they get worked over. They did. I mean, yeah. So that was the topic going into this season. It's time to get. It's time to win a playoff series. For re- that was it. And are they going to? And the over under was what eighty seven and a half wins. That was the number. Yep. So I don't think it was really on the minds of too many people that this could be a step back season. And I want to make it clear: it's eighteen games in. And while they had to scrap to win some games, they certainly could have won some of those games that they didn't win, particularly against the Pirates and, and here against the Diamondbacks as well. But with that all said, they also could have lost some of the ones that they did win. So I don't feel like it's been a case of bad breaks or, okay, Arnato is out with an injury or whatever. It, I'm going, is it possible for back-to-back seasons for the Blues and the Cardinals to be what mathematically is super rare for both organizations. If you go back to, well, the Blues playoff streak went back, you know, well beyond, but let's just start with 2000, the President's Trophy winning year for the Blues, and the Cardinals won the Central. I don't know if there is a year. I, there had to have been, like 2007, had they, they both missed. But they're so rare that maybe that's the only one where both missed the playoffs. And it's the first time... Watching that game last night, I'm going, God, this is a Jordan Montgomery start, too. Maybe it's just not, maybe they're just not that good. And that that's that's what separates, so if that's the panic button, then that's the, I don't, I don't feel like I'm panicked. I'm just, it's the first time in my mind I'm, I'm going, hold on a second, because I was so surprised by what happened with the Blues mm-hmm. and what it turned into. Sure. Not that they weren't a cup contender, but that what it turned into, that, like, I don't consider the Cardinals a world championship team. No. Could it happen? Of course. I didn't consider the 2006 Cardinals going into the 2006 postseason a world championship team. So it can happen. But I certainly didn't consider them to be this team at this moment where the problems go beyond the starting rotation. So that means the rotation has to kind of be on or the team needs to get seven or eight runs or the offense can be off, but you're going to get who shutting a team out that's the yeah. thing that they, 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 the they just don't have the stopper and and it's uh it's it's the first time i f- i guess i don't know it's just it's it's a it's it's an eighth of the way through the season and it's 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 surprising to me and i didn't anticipate even this crossing my mind i was kind of like they only lost to the blue jays opening that oh, was a fun opening day game blue jays are a great team all right they had some problem with the braves braves might win the world series that's understandable some problems with the Brewers. Brewers are getting some offense from places they didn't expect, and they've got a good rotation out of the gate. Okay, holy crap, the Rockies, the Pirates, and the Diamondbacks, that's the thing that Definitely opens sorry. my eyes. Yeah, and, and like I said, the record could be worse than 7-11. All right, Jax, what do you have? What's, what's, yeah. What else is going on? So I know you got this this trip. I do. Uh, and just real quick on the 06-11 team, you, know, mm-hmm. you had Chris Carpenter in 06, Chris Carpenter in 2011. Like, you know, those are, that's a guy who you know when you go out there, when you talk about 2011, that game five against him or Roy Holiday, like that, that is what you had. So even if those teams got a late spark, they had that one guy who can get that. We just, at this moment right now, it's not Miles Michaels, it's not Jack Flair, and we don't know what Adam Wainwright's going to look like coming and back I'd be surprised. Injury. I just don't think that, and, and it's all due respect, I, I, 
I just don't know. I, I suppose the one guy who could possibly be that guy is Flaherty, but I don't think most people would look at it that way. Michaelis is rock solid, mm-hmm. but he isn't necessarily usually rock solid, but he isn't necessarily somebody that I think people would view as having the upside of Chris Carpenter. And to that point, citing 2007, 2007, it's relatively but the reason why 2007 went off the rails so quickly is literally on the opening night of the season, they lost Chris Carpenter for the right, year. Right. So, and, and, and so began Chris Carpenter's battles with injuries that would take him through the, the rest of his career. He came back and had a, an incredible 09, but, uh, it, it, and obviously the postseason in 2011, but yeah, they lost their ace on the first night of the season. Well, the Cardinals, who is the ace? And the ace, you can go, it's Michaelis, or it's, you know, take your pick, really. The thing is, it's not as obvious as what you usually have with a world championship or even pennant-winning team. Yep. Can it happen? Yes. 2004 Cardinals, by the time they got to the postseason, the rotation was, relatively speaking, for a 105-win team, pedestrian. But the lineup was Hall of Fame caliber up and down, and probably four Hall of Famers, when it's all said and done, were in that lineup, operating on the premise that Molina was in there at times, Pujols... Uh, was in there along with Roland, Larry Walker. I still think Jim Edmonds winds up in the Hall of Fame. That's five Hall of Famers in that lineup. And so that can overcome a rotation that in Fenway Park went with Woody Williams and Matt Morris, who were kind of at the tail end at that point. This team doesn't have that. Right. And that's why I'm, and then it's not like the bullpen's rock solid either. So I'm just going, okay, well, maybe there's a possibility. It can't be, can it? And that's why that's where I am, Jackson. So if that's the panic button, I would disagree with the definition of the panic button. It's just I'm open now to go and hold on a second. Maybe they're not that great, and maybe yeah. there's a problem here. Yeah. And if that's the case, wow, we haven't had that around here in a long time. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, here, here's the next question because we talk about the spark. We talk about moments that turn teams around. We've talked. We've said before about the Blues in 2019. Patty Maroon talking about that. What do you think could be the spark for this ball club, or do you think it'll just be a long, gradual process of guys getting back to their averages, pitchers finding better command of their stuff, or do you think it could be something like a 2011 where in August a flip just switched, or in 2006, playoffs started, everyone got healthy, it just switched? Well, I mean, you know, that would require them to to show some semblance of of being a great team for the health thing to fix it, because the 2006 team did have a decent start before everybody got hurt. Um... 2011, it was a trade, and a trade that, you know, at the time I don't think people thought was going to be talked about as the trade because it was, let's see if I can remember the guys, Octavio Hotels, Mark Sipchinski, the great Corey Patterson, whose sole accomplishment that year was putting out a small brush fire that somebody set in the (laughs) dugout of a day game against the Mets. Sipchinski, Dotel, Patterson. Was Edwin Jackson? Edwin Jackson. Yeah, Edwin Jackson. Um... So the spark could be the road trip, which is about to start. One that you might be seeing the beginning of is Contreras getting hot. I mean, that's, you know, at the start of the season, you talk about, okay, you know what the three, four, and five are. All right. Well, unfortunately, Contreras started off super slow, and he's getting it going. He's got some emotion to him. He's got some credibility with success in his career. Maybe that's the thing to keep an eye on. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I don't know. I think it would have to be a long, gradual process. I don't think it's ever going to be a situation where it just flips overnight. In baseball, That's um, I feel like that's much more rare in baseball than it is in like hockey or any of the other sports because, A, the games, are so, there's so many more games, so 
law of averages comes more into play. Yeah, I just don't think it might necessarily be a spark, but it might just be getting more familiar with everything. It's April, maybe weather warms up, and maybe they do start to kind of change the way. And we, we can look back on those moments that might have been the spark, but I don't think it's just going to be one singular moment where it flips. Let's take a break here. Bottom of the hour, we'll come back with the second half of the Little Piddles half and half before Jackson goes vacationing in the Hamptons. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Burkett, Matt Rocchio will be replacing Jackson tomorrow and Friday. Yeah. I think the people will really like that. You two have a good report, St. Gabe's guys. Yeah. You know, he went to CBC. Yeah, that's going to be awkward, isn't it? Well, it's just tough to treat him as an equal. Right, right. Jackson, what do we have on the back half of the Little Pills half and half? Oh, for sure. I got that right here, Tim. The Little Pills half and half. Now we're going to kind of switch into the sports business stuff that we I didn't like necessarily that. tend I to like yesterday. And uh, this one, I, I this is very interesting to me. MLB and the MLB Players Association are reportedly paying players $10,000 to do in-game interviews. So when I say in-game interviews, while they're in the field or up to bat, yeah. so not like uh, in the dugout, like while they're actually playing. You might have seen that on some ESPN games uh, this year or years mm-hmm. prior. Firstly, do you think that is enough money to incentivize players to do it? Secondly, do you enjoy the in-game interviews with players? And finally, even if this move isn't the best like isn't the best and most effective way to do it, do you like where the MLB's head is at with trying to get more creative contact going on to attract a wider audience? Well, I mean, it's it's how we open up the show, but it happens to be accurate here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll add another one. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, $10,000, absolutely. I don't care if you have $100 million, $10,000. You haven't lost sight of the value of $10,000 to talk. Right. You know, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying this, and I think if he were standing here, uh, which he would never do, but if he were standing here, he would agree. Paul Goldschmidt hates doing interviews, not because he's a like mean guy or right. anything like that. It's just not what he likes to do. Right. He's a baseball guy through and through. And it's like, yeah, I got to do this. And he'll, he tries to, it, it, we got done doing an interview one time, like a long form interview and he apologized. And it's not like we know each other all that well. Right. Cause I know that's not what you really like. Oh, I just appreciate you did it. Cause I know you hate doing it. So like a guy like that, he might be like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't, I'll do it. But he, but it's not, he's like, I don't want to do it because I'm the defending national league MVP. It's just not something he's comfortable doing. It's just not his personality. So a guy like Wainwright might be willing to do it for a hundred bucks, you know, and then he just throw it to charity. He doesn't care, but he enjoys doing it. So part of it's a personality thing. As far as do I enjoy these things? Yes, in a major way. Um, I think it oftentimes makes 
players more endearing. Yeah. Oh, and you'd become a fan of somebody based on that personality that they may be able to display. What the Astros have uh, Maldonado, their catcher, uh, Martin Maldonado, mic'd up on Sunday night when they were taking on the Rangers. And a ball was uh, thrown in the dirt on a strikeout, and he fields it. He takes about four steps to try to chase the hitter down. I don't recall which member of the Rangers it was. And uh, on the broadcast, they go, how come you didn't chase him down? He goes, he's faster than me. He's like, <laughs> and he threw him out at first on the strike. So people were amused by that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is we've, we've seen it um, with golf, for example. John Rahm had just won the Masters. He gets done to his credit. He keeps his commitment to RBC Heritage and Harbortown. He gets done, and he comes in in the booth. And he analyzes for 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's the world number one Masters champion. Certainly would probably, deep down, be prefer to be at home after some intense competition. And he goes in there and does that. That's a great thing to have that guy who just played that course talking about where Jordan Spieth's situation is or Patrick Cantlay's spot is um, or Matthew Fitzpatrick as he's trying to catch Spieth to have that perspective. It's all such a great thing to add so personally i love it and i think every sport that can should do it agree totally agree and i i'd be really curious to hear what the the play-by-play like the broadcast crew thinks of it because they're the ones kind of doing the interview of the player i I would guess on that and i think it's a great question i would guess on that that if they have somebody who they know has the right personality they look forward to it. Yeah. If they have somebody who they're not all that familiar with or they know is kind of dry, for lack of a better term, uh, they go, oh, boy. Right. We'd rather just call the game here than try to extract yeah. something you know, amusing or interesting from this particular player. Yeah, and that's it's such a big play. Like Mookie Betts has done it, and it's awesome. You know, I think if Adam Wainwright do, would do it. And he uh, has. And he has. He's, he did the bullpen he's thing. He's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible. He, he has every trait that a broadcast entity would would want um, the likability, despite having I don't know how much money it doesn't matter the folksy relatability absolutely the knowledge yeah kindness uh, this general and also certainly but then also he will be blunt and he may say things that aren't popular but he does it in such a polite way right that you can't help but like slash respect it. And this is this goes beyond St. Louis and Cardinal fans. This is this is national, which is why I think he could wind up being the next guy sitting there um on the national broadcast. I think he's got that kind of it's just a, it's a matter of if he wants to do it. He's got yeah. a large family and they're young and he might be like, yeah, that'd be great, but I don't I don't have any interest in that. Yeah, I would love, you know, who I'd really love on the Cardinals is Nolan Arenado. Now while he's more probably on the Paul Goldschmidt like Real baseball. If our scales are Goldschmidt and Wainwright on the opposite ends, I'd put Arnado like squarely in the middle. Sure, agreed. But he's such a great baseball mind. Like I would love to hear what he thinks when he's standing there at third. What he thinks about each batter, how he positions himself. He did some with A Rod when he was in Colorado, and it was just fascinating. Just the way he grounds balls, the way he thinks about things, the way how he's always has his mind working and how he's adjusting. I think stuff like that for both baseball nerds and people who are just getting into the game or maybe are very casual fans is really beneficial to the growth of the game. Yes. I think that would be really it's, it's, awesome. And, and now that technology is there, like I said, as a golf guy, they, one of the things they're doing regularly is they'll put the AirPods in, the guy's walking up the fairway after his tee shot. Usually he's in the mix on the leaderboard, 
and will keep it in. They catch him talking with his caddy about what to do, the win, the lie, whatever the case might be. It's a great thing to do. Full swing with golf, great thing on Netflix. The NHL continues to want to tap into it. The more, the better. Um, I don't know if it all started with Hard Knocks in the NFL. Hard Knocks, I think the F1 show is a really big catalyst of recent. Recent on Netflix. And then what MLB is doing here is, I think it's it's, it's a great positive. Yeah, totally agree. Totally. That actually kind of blends really nicely into my next question. Oh, wow. An unanticipated segue. So we just talked, I just brought up the F1 show, Drive to Survive. They launched a new season in February and the numbers are booming. Since 2017, F1 races on major networks have seen a massive increase. An average of 500,000 viewers in 2017, that's up to 1.2 million in 2022. That's a massive increase. And many fans credit the show for making them racing, racing fans. We have talked before about the need for MLB and NHL teams to have similar production done, but do you think the effects will be as robust or even a fraction as robust as F1s? Do you think the PGA doing the same idea with full swing? We've yet to see how that has affected viewership to a full well, scale. The Masters numbers were huge. Right, right. You had Rom and Kapka and the live thing for those who are monitoring that. I, I don't think that I don't think so. And, and my reasoning would be the following: the F1 numbers were so low relative to these other no doubt, no monster doubt. sports that it kind of was only in a spot where if it did have any impact, it would have a material impact. So I don't think that necessarily would impact that substantially for what would be considered the more household for monster North American professional sports leagues. But with that said, I think what it can do is cultivate personalities from those shows that otherwise would not be mainstream and then can lead to marketing dollars. So, for example, tying it into full swing with Netflix, Joel Damon, I know who he is because I'm a golf nerd and I build out daily fantasy rosters, you know, like 96 of them for the Masters. Uh, You know, I know who he is. I'm familiar with him. I know his story, his personality, his cancer battle, his mom passing away from cancer. But of, of our audience right now, I say Joel Damon, tell me who he is and I'll give you 10 bucks. I mean, what, 2% maybe? Yeah, I was going to say 1% or 2%. But then Joel Damon was then on the cover of, I don't know what it was, Golf Digest or something yeah, like that. Digest. Okay, sure. so <laughs> but, but strictly because of that appearance on Full Swing. So, you know, with Hard Knocks, there were these exchanges. I think it was Todd Heap, I remember, was the tight end drafted by the Ravens, Ravens. which was the first season, yeah. and he, he became a thing. And Tannehill, and I guess maybe Tannehill's now wife, but at the time, girlfriend, so these storylines can then carry over and then people invest either in the person from a marketability standpoint or become fans of the team. Every year, one of the great square plays is to bet the over on the team's win total that was just on hard knocks because subconsciously, like, oh, it looks like the Lions have it going, you know? But that's, you know, yeah. check the numbers and see how it's played out over the years. I think it would have paid last year. Last but... year, by, by because of the tail end of the season. Yeah. Uh, and you love Dan Campbell and right. the personalities Jamal in there. Williams, yeah. but, but as far as how it really works, it makes people subconsciously like and pull for a team as random and as historically unsuccessful as the Detroit Lions. Well, that tells you the impact those shows have. Exactly. I would love it. Like if I said, if the Cardinals do their own RSN. Um, I would love it if they had more stuff like that. Like last night, uh, the cat was interviewing Miles Michaelis in, in batting practice. Mm-hmm. 
uh, pregame. Yeah. While Michael is shag balls out in the outfield. It's great entertainment. Absolutely. You know, so I love that kind of stuff. The okay. more you can do, the technology is there to do it. It makes the players more relatable, relatable, and that builds that builds fans, in particular with young people. Ten fifty. We got a break. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you. Jackson's final segment before his vacation. I like how we're making this two day vacation into. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a gala. I love it. It's a jubilee. Uh, this is Balloon Party, driven by Mugginess St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jim. Well, here it is. Um, I had uh, some maple leaf takes that I was going to share with people after Patty Maroon went in there and said, how do you do to Ryan O'Reilly? And the Leafs fans were booing their club as they headed off the ice after the first period. Yeah, that's always nice. I mean, that is a... Whew, that's a situation. Best uniforms in sports, though. You're talking about Missouri Bumblebees? No, well, top top 10. Uh, no, the Maple Leafs, yeah. Gorgeous. I'm surprised you even know that franchise exists. I know, it's nuts. A lot of playoff success. Um, just, no, I just, I think it's a I think it's a great, blue and white always works. Shout out to Ladue High School and uh, and the, the Leaf. I like the full name on it. It's beautiful. It's well, famous. you haven't seen it in the second round since 2004. Yeah. And one of the plays that some of the uh, hockey wizards were talking about, Leafs sweep Ning first round. Because every year, it's kind of becoming the Chicago Cubs. This is our year. Here we go. And then Patty Maroon and the boys head up there and say, don't forget about us. I don't know why people are writing us off, but we're still here. And uh, and they showed him uh, the what's what and, uh, and the how do you do. Yeah. Uh, although Ryan O'Reilly did get a, a goal when they were down, I think it was three nothing, and they got the first Leafs goal. Uh, but uh, yes, the Leafs now uh, are experiencing the magic that is the raucous cheers at the start of their Stanley Cup playoff game, and they head off the ice down three nothing after the first period, and they were getting booed off the ice. So the pressure is on as they really did truly go all in, which is a hell of a bold strategy considering the Bruin exists as it does in 2023. And really, it's not just limited to the Bruins. It's the Eastern Conference. I don't want to say up and down because I I don't think too many people are are thinking like, you know, this is the Islanders year. But (laughs) uh, hey, Darren Pang said, hey, if there's a team that I think can give the uh, Bruins trouble, be the Islanders. They just didn't get them in the first round like he thought might wind up happening. So... I love me some Stanley Cup playoffs, Jackson, and we saw it last night with two former Blues going heads up, and uh, Patty Maroon gets the best of his good buddy, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, to start things up there. Jackson, I know uh, you uh, wanted to address the audience before you headed out to Central Tennessee. Uh, You will be back, and what are you going to be back, like in mid-May, is that right? Monday. Okay. And I feel like maybe we we overdid this. (laughs) We oversold this. No, I don't think you did. I think... uh... My absence will ring very true. I think people will. So you feel like Rocky is not very good? No, I think Rock's great, but you know, there's only one me. Just kidding. I hope everyone uh, enjoys the the shows the next two days. I know Rocky will do a great job. You gonna be live streaming? No, no okay. live streaming. Yeah, I'll be off the grid. I'll be off the, off the grid. But um, uh, you know, Tim's obviously Hall of Fame career. I so I agree you, with that. The, I agree with that. The show will still be outstanding as always, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy the weather. God bless. Enjoy your vacation, sir. Well-deserved is what I say. Thank you, I am so pro-vacation. Appreciate you. I'm pro-liberty. 
I'm anti-kink shaming, yes. and we're anti-results-oriented thinking. Those are the tenets of Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Ack, you're an Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.